Hello, thanks for listening to the Total Knee Tips and Pearls podcast. This is Adam Rosen, your host. I'm a fellowship-trained orthopedic surgeon who specializes in joint replacement. In these episodes, I'm going to share with you a lot of my tips and tricks and review classic articles and current implant designs. Thanks for tuning in and on with the show. Hello and welcome back. This is Adam Rosen. You're listening to the Total Knee Tips and Pearls podcast. And in season three, again, we're talking about orthopedic information for the primary care provider. Um, This, again, is uh, my way and my attempt to try to further the orthopedic knowledge um, to people on the front lines, seeing patients in the primary care setting, internal medicine, urgent care, and ER. So in today's episode, I want to talk about the Achilles. The Achilles is a common injury, and it's a common reason for patients to present to the urgent care ER primary. Now, the main thing that I really want to get across um, is the missed diagnosis or the uh, long-winded attempt at a diagnosis of an Achilles tendon rupture. But before we get into that, let's really talk about the three common and sort of the one asterisk, the similar but not um, Achilles injury. So, you know, we typically hear I was playing tennis, basketball, running, felt pain, pop, swelling, inability to bear weight. Um, But people may come in with more acute symptoms or more chronic symptoms. Now, if they've had this slow, gradual pain, but it's been for less than two weeks, maybe the weekend warrior, they did a whole bunch of activities, um, moving, things like that, and they have pain in their Achilles, that is Achilles tendonitis. So the patient presents with pain, posterior aspect of the heel. They're able to walk. They probably didn't hear that loud pop. Um, They're limping. And when you examine these patients, the Achilles is intact. Okay, so now let's take a step aside and let's talk about the exam because the exam is not hard. Um, So it's a very simple thing to do, but there's a few little caveats. So one, feel it. If you feel the normal side and you can actually palpate from the heel or the calcaneus up or from the gastroxoleus muscle belly down, you will feel the Achilles and don't be afraid to squeeze it and touch it because if someone truly had a rupture that was a few days ago, the hematoma can be somewhat firm and you could miss a defect. So you have to push on it. Now, I'll typically do this with a patient sitting on the table because I'm used to feeling it, and I'll actually take my index finger and push up into the calf and just slide it down. So it's actually the side, not the ball or tip of my finger, but actually the side, and it'll feel that little you know divot if they have a hole or defect, but you can squeeze it and palpate it from the side. Because if they have Achilles tendonitis, they may be tender at the heel where the Achilles inserts to the bone, insertional Achilles tendonitis. They may have pain and tenderness right in the middle of the Achilles tendon, mid-substance Achilles tendonitis. That's the classic what you've been taught, the watershed region. There's blood that comes from the heel up through the Achilles and blood from the muscle that comes down through the Achilles, and that's the more common area where people will rupture it because the blood supply is the least in that area. Or higher up, they may have pain at the level where the muscle blends into the tendon, the myotendinous junction. So all of those are acute or slow prodromal symptoms of the posterior aspect of the heel, pain, it is intact, it is not completely torn, and they're able to walk on it. So if they have Achilles tendonitis, treatment, pretty straightforward. You know, it's usually a course of ice, rest, 
anti-inflammatories if there's not a contraindication. Now, ice for the acute thing, there's a whole lot of data that goes back and forth. Is it ice? Is it heat? Can you use contrast? And I'll tell patients exactly that. Start with ice. That's the most common thing people will use. Sometimes heat makes it feel better. In some people, they like to go back and forth between a heating pad and ice and back and forth. Now, once, again, the pain and symptoms, you heard me talk about it in the knee, we can do things, but let's treat the pain first. So ice, anti-inflammatories, rest, treat the pain. Okay, a few days in. Now, let's start with stretching. So stretching the gastroc and the soleus, the two different muscles that make up the Achilles. And you can find those online. You know, one is the simple sort of hurdler stretch where you're, you know, standing with your hands in the wall, one knee's bent, foot's close to the wall, the other one's behind with the leg straight, trying to get the heel down. The other one is with both feet together, a little bit different um, and slightly apart from the wall by about a foot, hands, and you bend at the knees, keeping your heels. So you'll you'll stretch those different muscles in the gastroc and the soleus, which stretches the Achilles. Um, Now, what if those simple things aren't enough? Okay, so occasionally you'll have someone in horrible pain. You may immobilize them in a tall cam walker boot. The short boots are great to immobilize the foot, they're not very good at immobilizing the ankle. So if you're going to put somebody in a boot for an Achilles tendon problem, it needs to be a tall boot. It is also rare, but occasionally you get people that are in horrible pain and the tendon's intact and they may need crutches. That's okay. Now, the in-between is someone that's hurting just with walking. The trick is getting a heel lift or a heel pad. Because if you put a heel pad in the shoe for the next few weeks that the Achilles is slightly more relaxed. So every time they step forward, they put a little less tension on the Achilles. So it helps people that are hurting and limping, but not bad enough that they need a period of immobilization. And then they can start the stretching program and then wean out of that heel wedge. You know, the occasional person that fails to progress on their own with ice, rest, anti-inflammatory stretching, that's the person that you may need to send to formal physical therapy for additional treatment stretching modalities, but most of these patients will respond on their own. And it's also important to understand what was the inciting event. You know, if they had never played a particular sport before and they played it on Sunday and that causes symptoms, okay, we figured it out. Um, But if there's some repetitive thing that's causing these symptoms, you may have to modify that activity. Okay. Second diagnosis, most common in the Achilles is what's called chronic Achilles tendinosis. So what is this? This is somebody that has had multiple acute issues over and over and over again, and now it's become chronic. So it's more than two weeks, but typically these are people that when you ask have had symptoms on and off for years. Now, occasionally when you look at the Achilles compared to the other side, if they don't have it on the other side, you'll actually see a thickening or a widening of the Achilles. When you feel it, it'll feel thicker or wider. Um, And what that is, is these chronic little partial microscopic tears that have then attempted to heal, and you'll have this thickened wad. Um, So those are people that have chronic Achilles tendinosis. Now, treatment, somewhat similar. So depending on the symptoms, ice, heat, anti-inflammatories, period of rest, rare, but occasionally period of mobilization, on occasion, heel lift, but very aggressive stretching and strengthening. So these are people that may have this chronic condition, and if we can stretch out the Achilles and improve the strength, you may prevent some of these flare-ups. The next thing before we jump into the rupture um, is the one asterisk. So further up in the calf muscle is a tendon called the plantaris. 
So these were our patients that will present with the sudden pain, pop, felt like I got shot by a BB gun in the back of my leg, you know, swollen black and blue maybe, can't walk, can't bear weight. But the Achilles area is normal. The Achilles tendon is normal. Their pain is higher up in the calf. So this is that muscle that occasionally ruptures the tendon that ruptures. It can be painful. It's treated symptomatically. So typically when I see patients, I just use a soft cast like some cast padding or an ACE wrap. An ACE wrap would work fine. Ice, heat, massage, anti-inflammatories typically resolves on its own over a number of weeks. If they're really painful because of the foot and ankle moving up and down, you can use a cam boot um, or walking boot. It is rare for these people to need physical therapy, but it is the plantaris. The Achilles is normal. Okay, so now let's jump into the Achilles tendon rupture. And the important part of this is that I want to make sure that everybody understands that this is a clinical diagnosis. Why? It has been shown and studied and proven that when non-orthopedic doctors don't make the diagnosis or even make the diagnosis and think they need an MRI, by ordering the MRI, not only do you waste money, but you delay time to treatment. Because typically you see the patient, you order the MRI, has to get approved by the insurance, has to get scheduled, has to get completed, has to be read by the radiologist, has to be sent to your office. Now you've read the report. Now you try referring someone to orthopedics. And if they were a surgical candidate, you've now delayed the time to treatment, which can sometimes lead to retraction of the muscle, which can make the repair more difficult, the recovery harder and longer. So there is no reason for an MRI, for an acute Achilles tendon rupture, you should be able to make this diagnosis clinically. Now for me, when I do it in the office, I just pick the leg up, I can feel it. Now, occasionally I get the phone call. So I get the phone call, you know, friend, family member, you know, or, or doc as a patient that, you know, I think they tore it, you know, they're at home. And as long as, um, you know, there wasn't a fracture, you know, they, they typically have to take the history first, but you know, I'll say, hey, it's your right foot. Okay, hold on to the sink, Okay. Pick your right, your left foot up. So you're standing on just your right foot. Okay, now go up on your toes. And usually what you'll hear over the phone is a chuckle. <laughs> like, I can't. Um, occasionally it's painful, so those patients won't be able to do this at all, but that lets me know the Achilles is out over the phone. Now when I feel this, again, I'll take my fingers, and you have to push in a little bit into the muscle. And they're sore, and they're going to hurt, but as you slide from the gastroxoleus muscle belly down to the calcaneus, your finger will fall in. It's usually about a finger pad thick. Um, and you'll fall into this hole or defect. It's torn. Now, the classic test is not a Homan. <laughs> it's a Thompson. I've actually seen. So if you're going to use the, the eponyms and the fancy names of fractures and tests, just know what you're doing. So, you know, I've seen the, you know, patient with negative Homans, positive Homans, you know, diagnosis Achilles tendon rupture. Like, no, that's for a venothromboembolic problem. That's a DVT until you prove or disprove it with the ultrasound. Um, but what we're talking about, Thompson. So a couple simple ways of doing it. Um, the easiest way in the office setting, if you have the patient sitting in a chair, is have them get up on their knees on the chair facing away from you and look. A lot of times you can see it. You'll see ecchymosis, but sometimes you'll see a divot. It's torn. Um, and then you can actually grab the calf on the non-injured side. Squeeze the calf. The toes will point towards you. The foot will plantar flex. Squeeze the calf on the non 
or on the injured side and squeeze the calf, the foot will not move. The other way of doing it, if the patient's on an examination room table and can roll over onto their belly, this I use, I call this my significant other test. This makes it really easy because you bend both knees up. So now your knee's bent at 90 degrees, patient's laying on their belly. And what the significant other will see is that the uninjured foot is pointed because the Achilles is under tension. And the injured foot is flatter, almost at a 90 degree angle, because there's no Achilles tendon tethering the ankle. Now, you can do your Thompson here. So again, squeeze the foot or the calf that's not injured. The foot will plant our flex. It'll go towards the ceiling. Squeeze the calf of the injured. The foot will not move. It is torn. They have an Achilles tendon rupture. Immobilize that patient in a cam walker boot and refer to orthopedics. Why? Again, if you send them to an MRI, it does not change the diagnosis, but it does waste money and delay time to treatment. Now, the only time I will get a MRI is occasionally I've had people sent to me for a missed Achilles tendon rupture. We're talking six, nine months out. I'm using the MRI to determine the gap because it was missed and the distance between the tendon ends helps me make a surgical plan as to what type of graft or tendon transfer I may need to make up for that graft at the time of surgery or that defect at the time of surgery. But for an acute Achilles tendon rupture, you do not need to have the MRI, but immobilize them because they will be sore. And if you're sending them home, tell them to elevate it. And you can even wrap it with an ACE wrap and compress it and ice it. Why? Occasionally they're not painful. In some patients, they're very painful. So if you send a patient home and they don't elevate it, they don't ice it, they don't wrap it, they don't compress it, and then they come to the orthopedic surgeon's office and they're a surgical candidate, because of the swelling, we can't operate right away. So compression, elevation, immobilization, um, ice will help. And then get them off to the orthopedic surgeon. Why? Because we need then to decide, is this treated surgically or non-surgically? Just understand, not all Achilles tendon ruptures need to have surgery. You know, again, when non-surgical people make a surgical plan with their patient, it's very, very hard to talk them down from that pedestal and where they believe that this is what they need. And we have to try to re-explain and re-educate. So I always tell, you know, my providers is that, you know, you're sending the patient to the surgeon to determine what the best care is for them. Just like I would not send my patient if I diagnose them with diabetes, because I do that a lot, and you know, the random sugars are all elevated, we're talking about surgery, I do an A1C and their A1C is nine, I don't tell them what pill their primary is gonna put them on. I say, you gotta talk to your primary. We can talk about diet and things like that, but they're gonna talk to you about what they think the best medical management is for you. Um, now, it's important because there's a lot of data and studies out there that show that in older individuals, that the results of non-operative care are just equivalent to surgical care. Now, in a younger patient, an athletic patient, surgery is still pretty much the standard of care. However, when patients are older and we see them acutely, and this is the other reason, that if someone has a delay to care because they didn't get diagnosed or they got an MRI and now they're weeks out, the gap between the tendon ends may make it difficult to treat it conservatively, non-operatively with a boot or a cast. But a lot of those patients do well. And it's important because I even under, I explain to my patients, you know, if they're on the fence, you know, maybe they're a patient that's of appropriate age where you really could treat it operatively or you could treat it non-operatively, you know, and they're not a high-end athlete. We say, well, 
you know, surgery is surgery. There's anesthesia. There's no anesthesia when you have it treated non-operatively. When you do surgery, there's an incision, so there's a risk of an infection. No risk of infection because there's no incision with non-operative care. Now, there is a risk of re-rupture, and the risk of re-rupture is slightly higher by a little bit, depending on what study you read, with non-op care versus operative. And function, the function's fairly normal, but when we look at Cybex testing and muscle testing, sometimes you can note some subtle differences in strength if it's repaired operatively versus non-operatively. Um, but the overall recovery when you get out, you know, nine months is quite similar. So for me, you know, I'm not a big time athlete. You know, I'm a dad, I'm a surgeon, I'm working, I don't run. So me, if I had mine torn, I know I could diagnose it and I could put myself right into a cam walker boot with a heel wedge and I would avoid an operation. However, if I was 25 and a high end athlete, um, I probably would get it fixed. Those people usually, by fixing it, you can get them back to their activities a little bit sooner, but usually you can maintain their uh, level of athletic fitness, especially important in an athlete if they're looking to get back into the next season. You know, but for a lot of people, you know, they're out if they're a high-end athlete, sometimes nine months to a year before they're back to 100%, you know, although they're up and walking fairly quickly. So it's just important to understand that not all Achilles tendon ruptures need an operation that many of them can be treated non-operatively and do well. It really depends on the patient. Now, there are some patients, no matter what their age, high risk, try not to operate on them. Who? Heavy smokers, high risk of wound complications, uncontrolled diabetics and diabetics, venous stasis changes, vasculopaths. You know, those are all people, typically they are older, you know, but if they're younger, those are patients that the risks of surgery go up significantly. Wound complication goes up significantly. So those are patients, although may fit into a category for some reasons for operative care, may not be the most optimal surgical candidate and therefore are treated non-operatively. So again, in review, somebody comes in with heel pain, Achilles tendonitis, acute, less than two weeks, pain, tenderness, not torn, anti-inflammatories, ice, heat, rest, immobilization if needed, if they're severely painful, heel wedge as an intermediate step, and stretching, consider therapy if they fail to progress on their own. Second, Achilles tendinosis, a chronic condition, multiple episodes over many years, thickening of the tendon. This is an acute flare-up of a chronic condition. Same type of thing. You know, rest if they have the acute flare-up, anti-inflammatories if necessary. The big thing is stretching and strengthening. That becomes the big, big key. It is rare, but occasionally chronic problems we will debride and repair, um, but that's a small portion of those patients that fail all other conservative care. That asterisk we talked about, plantaris tendon rupture, so that's more up in the calf. They'll hear the pop, they'll feel the pain, they'll have swelling, but it's higher up in the calf. The actual Achilles tendon itself is intact, treated symptomatically, compression, ice, gentle range of motion, tends to respond quite well on its own. And the last thing is Achilles tendon rupture. There is a palpable defect. You have to have these patients on their knees on a chair or on their belly on a table because if you have them sitting, you will probably miss the diagnosis. I've even seen people, well, you know, they lifted their foot up and they could put it down. They didn't put it down. Gravity put it down. So don't say because the foot went down that the Achilles is intact. They lifted it up with their tibant and they stopped lifting it up, and gravity pulled it down. So you want to do a Thompson test. That's the calf squeeze, but you want to look and you want to feel. 
And if you feel, you'll feel the defect. And once you diagnose it, they have an Achilles tendon rupture. You do not need the MRI. It wastes time and money and delays care, but you want to immobilize them. You want to have them go home and rest, elevate it, ice it, and compress it. So if they're a surgical candidate, we've treated the soft tissue and then get them off to an orthopedic surgeon. And this is one of those ones where, you know, ankle pain of, you know, six weeks duration, no trauma, x-rays normal, you know, normal referral. But if you have someone with an Achilles tendon rupture, my preference is call me, text me, send me an email, send me a message in the EMR. Because if you tell the patient to go to ortho, you put your little, you know, EMR consult request into orthopedic services, it goes into the queue. The people answering the phone a lot of times don't know how to prioritize. And that's a patient that called appropriately, but didn't get booked for three weeks where I could have seen them the next day and had them on the operating room schedule if they need surgery within a couple days. But if you call, text, send a message, hey, I think I have somebody with an Achilles tendon rupture, 50-50 in my book. I see those patients. It's easy. It's quick. I can diagnose it and go, yep, it is. No, it's not. This is how we're going to treat you. But this way, if it was torn and they're a surgical candidate, we can treat them expeditiously. So I hope that answers in a nice, concise sort of summary all of the Achilles tendon injuries you may see in the urgent care, in the ER, in the primary care setting, and the differences between tendonitis, tendinosis, and ruptures, and the plantaris tendon rupture, how to treat them, when to refer them, and how not to order an MRI for acute Achilles tendon ruptures. And that's the way that your patients are going to get the best care and get the best results. So if you found this helpful and you have friends, colleagues that you really think would benefit from this information, please um, send on this link, uh, inform them of my podcast, season three. This is all geared towards the non-orthopedist, but dealing with orthopedic problems and orthopedic injuries. Um, I'm Adam Rosen. You've been listening to the Total Need Tips and Pearls podcast, talking about the Achilles. And until next time, stay safe. You've been listening to the Total Knee Tips and Pearls podcast. Make sure that you're subscribed so you'll be notified of future episodes. And please take the time to leave a review. It helps other people like you find the show. Until next time, stay safe.